Welcome to Create Photography, this is Daniel. In today's episode, I will have a conversation with Eva Wutsaki. Eva is a photographer and educator based in Brighton, UK. Eva's studies included a law degree and degrees in photography, art therapy, and education. Her work has been exhibited and awarded internationally. And in today's episode, we will focus on her book, Traces Within. Eva, welcome to Create Photography. I am very much looking forward to speaking with you today. I thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure. So let's start with the beginning. You were born in Greece, a country actually I visited quite a few times when I was younger and I was still living in Switzerland. So um, could you tell me a little bit more about your upbringing and your time in Greece? Yes. So I was born in a really tiny village called Dracona in Crete. I don't know if you've been to Crete. Uh, Hania. Not Crete. <laughs> no. uh, it was really a, a small village that allowed me plenty of s- space and time to actually observe people. And um, I was uh, one of the seven kids of the primary school. And uh, we always had interesting teachers. And one of them brought uh, a mobile library. So that's when my love for books started, uh, mm-hmm. by entering a van that was full of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because uh, life in the village was a bit boring and repetitive, I I loved escaping through books. So mm-hmm. I've been collecting books, you know, like literature books or philosophy. Um, and then at secondary school, I had amazing uh, literature teachers uh, that encouraged us to read the classics, you know, Dostoevsky mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. uh, classic Greek, ancient Greeks. Mm-hmm. I've, re- I've read so much. So mm. it's oh, that's really nice. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. And so how big was your village? How, how uh, many? I think maximum 100 people. Okay. I mean, in, in the summer, maybe there were like 140 with yeah. uh, people yeah. who live in Athens. Yeah. Uh, or uh, my, my kids, that, uh, my friends, my, my friends who used to come uh, and spend the summer holidays with the grandparents. Yeah. So summer yeah. was a bit busy, more uh, yeah. lively. But I, I actually prefer, you know, coming from, um, my village is not in a touristic area. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. five kilometers away from the sea. Um, but uh, I've also lived in Hanya, the city, and I prefer the winter to the summer because it's quieter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask if it's if it was a touristy or not, but it sounds like it. it no, no, it was very. Um, yeah. I like a farmer's, um, like a farmer's village, really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so when did you move from Greece? Um, I moved when I was thirty. I got a scholarship to do an MA in photography, and okay. I I came to UK. I I looked at London, and then I'm like, no, I need the sea. So <laughs> that's why then I I went to study at the University of Brighton. Uh huh. Because it has the sea. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, that was my main uh, reason. I, I, I mean, it was. It had some amazing tutors like Mark Power, um, well, uh, David Green, some mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. So, but the main, the main beat was the sea that attracted yeah. me to Brighton. And so, I also I read and heard you have a law degree, and um, 
did uh-huh. you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, which which is which is great. But you know, you have other degrees, um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, yeah, tell me a little bit more how you got into law, and perhaps also how you got out of law. <laughs> yes, I think uh, getting out of law was my plan as soon as I got in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it is a bit that always makes me laugh. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time. It was very yes. depressing and very hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it was actually my my parents' dream and my illusion that uh, if I want to be a good journalist, I should study law. You know, that was an advice I had. Uh, but uh, I was very fortunate because uh, I found out that the photography club of the university was under the toilets of the law, economics and politics department. So I was lucky in my um, unlucky time. Uh, because as soon as I started law, I also started photography, uh, like officially, like, you know, mm. at- attending uh, um, the lessons they offered there, the photography club, and then started teaching photography when I was 19, because that was the way to get the key to the darkroom. Uh, so, yeah, I went, I don't know why I studied law, but that was, we're talking about 1996. So mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, coming from a small village, having like these great expectations, the, the escape plan was university. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually, you know, I tried to uh, give exams again, but something happened. There was snow and I couldn't uh, approach uh, the train and the boat. I missed the boat to Crete. So okay. I missed my chance to give exams again. But I, at some point, I wanted to study psychology instead. And I'm, I have a deep interest in psychology. You know, I read lots of psychology, neuroscience, uh, psychoanalysis, yeah. which also feeds to my work, you know. I think I have no regrets. But as I said, it was good that I escaped through the scholarship, actually. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, one of the reasons I got my BA is because I wanted to apply for the scholarship. So I had this long-term plan that yeah. uh, I, I, in order to get a scholarship, I need, I need a BA. So what BA? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm trapped in this BA. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but it has taught me, you know, discipline, um, quite uh, not not be scared of like, um, sometimes, you know, life is not as we expect it. But then if you have like a long-term plan, it helps you to focus and Mm -hmm. keep your hope and your dreams alive and just um, one step at a time, one day at a time. That's the the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you did the, so what what kind of different things did you work on when you were practicing it? The thing is that I did 18 months of uh, practice, uh, like a trainee. That's the, you Mm. know, the procedure of, you finish your degree and then you become a trainee and then there's exams. I, yep. I, my actual life as a solicitor was, was very short-lived, I think three or four months, but it was already okay. 18 months of practice where I realized, oh my God, <laughs> what is this? You know, so much corruption, yeah. uh, no justice, so much anger and noise and angst and I don't know. it's like humans we are i think we are the worst creatures on earth (laughs) it's like why why do you kill why do you you if you if you're not hungry why do you kill someone (laughs) yes Yes. at least uh, my cat kills a mouse Uh, well no Mm. i for fun sometimes but sometimes because he just 
Usually the they're nature, also yeah. hungry, right? <laughs> yeah, they're not so yes. hungry. Anyway, that was a wrong <laughs> example. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good. Um, so, so first of all, I want to really thank you for sending me the, your book, Traces Within, and we'll talk obviously more about that. I, I have to say, I was really um, impressed and amazed when I was opening the package. Oh. So I want to kind of explain it a little bit. But so the book itself had a paper ribbon with an embossed stamp with the name of the book and then it was wrapped in additional packaging and a little cord around it and then there was an ink stamp that said made by eva Mm -hmm. and then there was of course also a beautiful uh handwritten card so so I, i guess the entire experience of just opening this package was very personal i really loved that and i could tell that this book has been made with love um so and I'll, I'll link, I, I took a little picture um, with my Polaroid, so I'll, I'll put that on the website when we're launching this. But um, yeah, I want to kind of dive into the project uh, uh, Traces Within. And um, maybe you can, how did the pro? let's maybe start at the beginning there too. How, how did the project start? Um, so the project started in 2006 with the white horse, the, the cover mm-hmm. of the book. And yep. uh, then for a whole year, I couldn't, um, take a photo. I was like, that's it. That's my best photo ever. <laughs> uh, and then 2007, I had a workshop with uh, Antoine de Cata that actually woke me up again. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I decided to start taking photos in nighttime and or indoors. So mm-hmm. that was my, my theme. And mm-hmm. then 2008, I started my, my MA, which actually gave me the time and the space and the, the money to to finish a project in a year. Uh, so most of the photos are 2008, 2009. Um, but then, you know, I suffer from uh, perfectionism. So <laughs> I'm like, it's not ready. And I'm glad actually, mm-hmm. I, I, I started making dummies since 2009. Uh, mm-hmm. But then new photos will come and they will kick out old photos. And then mm-hmm. uh, I re-edited and did more dummies and tried different formats. And uh, then 2019, uh, I'm like, okay, it's time to do it because mm-hmm. I have other projects to wait. That wait, you know, there was they were queuing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, let's finish um, traces within as a book. <clears throat> and then I found uh, a friend suggested uh, Emily Macaulay. Macaulay. I never pronounce her surname correct. Uh, it's Stanley James Press. That's easier okay. for me. Uh, so she uh, listened to my dream, uh, which was I didn't want to have a beginning or end. I, I wanted the the photos to flow. I wanted mm-hmm. um, the viewer to have a personal experience, like uh, to actually uh, not listen to my own narrative, but create their own um narrative and dive mm-hmm. into the subconscious so the idea of the traces within is the traces you follow like a, in a path to find mm-hmm. to go back to your within it's very jungian you know it's quite a psychoanalytic psychoanalytic uh, yeah okay <laughs> and, and and the photos are quite um quite dark yep. you know they, yep. they but they are there for a reason but there is always light you know that's the thing yep. of uh uh and nighttime is my favorite it's it's magic yeah that's why i moved to uk you know people say oh the weather is so bad i said no 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 it's perfect 
<laughs> it's dark, it's cloudy, yes. it's misty, and it's rainy. Oh, that's what I yeah, want. It is rainy quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, the pictures are dark. They're they're kind of dream, you know, kind of dreamlike, maybe, right? Yeah, and um, it's um, like fragments of um, of dreams, of moments where you're like, is this a dream? Is it like a? Did it happen? Did mm -hmm. I think, did I remember well, or you know, like hazy memories, or mm -hmm. almost also sometimes some of the photos look a bit like um, stills from a movie. Because mm -hmm. I also I've, I have yep. a um, certificate in cinematography mm -hmm. from Ealing Studios, and I, at some point I wanted to be a cinematographer, but mm -hmm. then I realized I don't like working uh, <laughs> in big groups. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the yes. thing with photographers. That might be a problem, right? Yeah, we compl we complain. Oh, it's a very lonely profession. But then we're like, yeah. oh, it's so nice. It's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So this project, so you kind of mentioned a little bit how it evolved. You you mentioned, you know, obviously you got certain pictures replaced. So you kind of had a draft mm -hmm. um, and then pictures, you know, the, the selections, I guess, uh, evolved. And uh, how did you come up with the, the concept um, of the book? Because it's obviously since we're now on audio and not visual, it's, it's not easy to explain the concept. But um, from, a, yes, um, from a layout perspective, but maybe if you want to, if you wouldn't mind giving giving it a try, we can kind of maybe talk, talk it. about it a little bit, describe it a little. It's really cool. It's really cool. I've never seen anything like it, <laughs> um, and so yeah, I I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, and and I wanted you to have one uh, one copy because you know it's uh, it's important to have this podcast. Uh, yep. that help other people to think about their own projects or, you know, unlock creativity yep. or start creativity. Um, so the the layout, I, I, I created a small uh, sample in 2017, but then I forgot about it, you know, mm. because I was just playing with paper. It, had, it didn't have any photos in it. Yep. Uh, so it's this idea of like a, a, a zigzag book that uh, actually has three booklets attached to the cover. So mm. you can view it as one book, uh, two books, um, or three books, and that makes it um, makes <laughs> like two thousand one hundred ninety-seven possible um, ways of viewing it. Of combination, it's, it's, it's quite right. mental, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then when I met with Emily and I told her my main um, target is to actually don't have a beginning or an end, just to flow this idea of flow, uh, yeah. she came up with uh, this idea and. Um, that uh, you know, you have like three booklets, and they can open up. Or uh, yeah, it was very beautiful. But I mean, the thing with uh, collaborating with a graphic designer is that you aim for perfection, and mm -hmm. you no longer have to worry that uh, you know, do I know InDesign good enough, or you know, right. have I have I done everything? Is everything ready to be published? Mm -hmm. uh, but by having a a graphic designer who can listen and uh, see your vision it's so so beautiful because mm -hmm. you know with this creativity sometimes you're like am i going mental you know what is going mm -hmm. on <laughs> am i mm -hmm. looking for the impossible or yeah. am i just a, a loser that keeps waiting for the right moment and do i self-publish do i just put mm -hmm. the photos um away and start a new project and whatever so yeah. you know it's quite it's it's a quite a reassuring voice and presence to have mm -hmm. um another person yeah. Um, to help you. 
did mm. she did Emily help you with the um the sequencing so kind of the, uh, the order somehow the editing uh so i gave her access to all of my photos i uploaded them in google drive and then she started mm -hmm. drafting and uh, i made some alterations like maybe we put this photo before or after but mm -hmm. it was again it was very liberating because um i trusted her and uh yeah. though i didn't i just met her you know it's this kind of chemistry you have with creative yeah. people oh yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it actually, everything made sense, you know, when you trust your instinct and when you're like, uh, let's do it, uh, things happen, you know. Sometimes mm -hmm. trying to control everything can paralyze um, someone, yeah. you know, this of controlling. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and then I realized actually that the first booklet is more like brown, so it's more like the earth. The second booklet yeah. is more red, like the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the third booklet is more like blue, like the air or the sky. Yep. And yep. that was an initial idea when I was writing about traces within my in my MA. I was mm -hmm. talking about the elements, you know, the Chinese elements that yep. also have the wood. So the first one can be the wood. And there are lots of photos of trees yep. in uh, yep. the book. Um, so yeah, I have I have had really good feedback from. Um, uh, lots of people from actually everyone. They, it's very moving, and everyone mm -hmm. describes this uh, opening the package as a ceremony, <laughs> like like you did, like yes. a very yes. special. Yes. Thing. And for me, for me, yeah. I wanted uh, all the materials to be biodegradable, um, mm -hmm. compostable, uh, mm -hmm. vegan, eco-friendly. So yeah. my printer was um, is like he uh, they used uh, ink vegetables, vegetable inks. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, and they, I've been following them for a while now. They're called Pure Print from uh, Oakfield in near Lewis, near where I am. Mm. And I wanted to use a local printer because I didn't want to have any transport, you know, any, yeah, um, yeah, especially post Brexit. Anyway, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, Understood. I wanted someone. I wanted a, a company that is uh, green, you know, like yes. they. Mm -hmm. And we used um, the stock paper, so I didn't order any new stock. Mm -hmm. And that's actually something that kept the cost low. You know, that's an advice I can give yeah. to people uh, when you go yep. to a printer. Ask them uh, to show uh, to show their stock paper. What's already paper. available, so you don't yeah have paper, to paper that they have already yep. bought mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. just there waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a great great idea. And I want to get get back to that. To some of the tips later too but thanks for thanks for sharing that yeah, um and so so with regards to the oh and also thanks for sharing the the different color schemes i kind of saw that but i didn't mm. not not consciously i think when i was going I, through but that, that's pretty cool it's quite interesting because when I, when we were doing it i didn't realize it it was after binding i don't know copy 430 mm. something it was like hold on <laughs> yeah oh interesting yeah that's yeah. interesting that she did so you did you, you kind of did it unconsciously and then yeah and, and yeah. that's that's the beauty of um creativity that we keep forgetting you know we try to reason everything as like oh this has to mm -hmm. be justified and la 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 yeah uh, but then it's uh, our subconscious knows you know yeah um, yep. you just need to be quiet and listen to what yeah <laughs> what it really wants to tell you whatever yes. it is yes. so so I read on your website about the project that some of the topics, uh, more from a maybe interpreted content, maybe we can call it, you know, are 
mythology, memory, fantasy, and, and the unconscious. We talked a little bit about the unconscious already. Can you tell, can we talk a little bit about those and maybe explore those a little more? Maybe let's start with the, the mythology first. <laughs> Yeah, well, as I said, as a kid, I used to, I I read so many books and uh, it yep. all started with uh, Greek mythology. My my aunt, Dimitra, bought me um, my first mythology book and then I got addicted to mythology. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was actually also horrified by the Greek myths, you know, they're quite brutal. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, yeah. it's always it's Zeus uh, <laughs> raping, a, like a, yes. turning into oh. something and raping a beautiful woman anyway. Yeah. Uh, very patriarchal myths. Yeah. Uh, but mm -hmm. also I had some other favorite myths like Orpheus and Eurydice um, and, uh, uh, you know, Hercules or mm -hmm. uh, Antigone, um, you know, the, the Trojan Troy, War, yep. mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Ulysses. There were so many interesting uh, characters. And, and I realized early on that this, this can be a nice metaphor of uh, using myths to tell a story. Yep. And also, you know, I'm, I think that the ancient Greeks, um, they used mythology also as um, a way of uh, teaching, like mm -hmm. uh, deeper meanings. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's something that I, it, it's like part of my DNA. It's there, you know, I don't have yep. to actually try hard to think yep. about myths. And again, when I take a photo, I never, I never plan it, but then I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. this actually reminds me of that myth. Mm. Um, and again, it's the subconscious and, you know, all this back, backstory we all have in our heads. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so mythology is very important. Mm-hmm. And, and it's quite interesting because when I did my MA, I, you know, there were all these uh, Western uh, philosophy or Western, uh, like, uh, critical analysis of photography or postmodernism. And I, I found them a bit dry and boring. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead, I just dived into um, Jung, um, Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist, mm -hmm. and, and um, myths. And also mm -hmm. myths from other countries, like, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, just other, so not obviously not Greek, not the Greek mythology, but yeah, just... but but Greek mythology is still my favorite because yeah. it's almost like my relatives. You know, I know the yes. story so well, so I don't have to learn weird yes. names. It's like, oh, okay, it's who's the, yeah? Well, it's the classic too. That's I mean, I read that mm. too as a teenager, and yeah, it's just I I actually really liked it too. I I also was I try to remember the medieval stuff I was into as well, but um, which you know, anyway, that was. Mm story but um so what about the memory piece um that that mm. relates to how does it relate to memory yeah the memory is also important especially the uh, traumatic traumatic memory or the post uh, traumatic or the transgenerational memory like something like you know like i described with the myths that i feel that these these heroes are my family it's the mm -hmm. same with, uh, you know, in a small community, I have the memory of the whole community passed through the stories uh, mm -hmm. that eventually become, you know, folk stories or myths or lies or gossip. So I mean, memory is quite um, a flexible and uh, in, like something that can change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, also our narrative about ourselves can change depending to who we talk. Uh, and every time I think we try to remember something, somehow it's like trying to reinvent it. 
uh, and see how, depending on how we are feeling that moment or, you know, mm-hmm. what's important. Uh, but, right. you know, I also like this, say, uh, Jungian approach of like uh, uh, the global subconscious, that mm-hmm. um, there are some core uh, memories to everyone. And uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, Joseph Campbell, the idea of the the what's it called the hero with a thousand faces that there is mm. a um, kind of similar narratives that uh, different areas, different generations, different myths, countries, mm-hmm. uh, they have the core ideas are the same. <clears throat> yeah, that there is like a common. Yeah. Yeah, like a common uh, a thread. Common yeah. Thread. Yes. Yes. Which kind of makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And then, yeah, so we covered the unconscious, the fantasy. I mean, I see that in the pictures, but maybe you can maybe elaborate a little bit on the fantasy piece as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I guess the fantasy is like uh, things we don't dare to share, really. Mm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like uh, maybe we don't even know that they exist in our heads. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, they are there, though. So they mm-hmm. affect our everyday life or our decisions, again, mm-hmm. um, subconsciously but also it's um, all this visual um uh, encyclopedia we have in our heads like uh movies that have inspired us songs mm-hmm. uh people in our lives uh, the stories um mm-hmm. how how you know you can see someone you and you can identify that uh, oh actually this person has so many regrets and it's so sad because they are you know ni- 95 years old so Mm-hmm. They were just gonna. So I I met um, lots of wise old, uh, especially old women in my village, including my grandma. And um, <clears throat> sometimes I I wonder like, who would these people be if they were born in mm-hmm. a different era or a different mm-hmm. place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, that that's great about the yeah the. F- the fantasy piece, yeah, I kind of, I wasn't sure if you meant by fantasy more the, it's more the fantasy in your mind, fantasies in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Really. It's not the fantasy of a, the white horse that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> and maybe that's a fantasy too, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that, that can also yeah. be, you know, you, you decide, as I said, yeah. <laughs> I want the book to be quite open. You, right, right. you choose whatever you want to choose, yeah. There are, yeah, there are many possibilities, obviously. Um, so, so let's get back to the bookmaking process a little bit more. Um, so you, I understand you, you kind of you self-bound this book. Is that correct? So yes. You, you, you're doing um, okay. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, um, I decided to self-publish, and I I also realized that it's much cheaper if you bind your own book. <clears throat> so. Um that's why um I decided to self-bind it. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. Uh, it's um when when you start learning binding, it can be a slow process, but then um it just gets better with practice. You know, it's like mm-hmm. muscle memory. And it takes me um like ten to twelve minutes roughly to bind mm-hmm. each book. So when you when you um self-binded what kind of a i mean i obviously i I see the book physically here i have it just next to me um i i can tell it's a it's a specific process that 
Um, can you describe that a little bit? What what kind of a binding process is yeah, that? Yeah, so um, I when I printed, I uh, Emily suggested that we ask the the printers to cut and fold the booklets. So mm-hmm. the booklets arrived in uh, separate boxes, like box number one, booklet number one, and box number one, box number two. I had like twenty boxes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and the cover. So <laughs> what I do then is I cut the thread and I make it like a, a quite simple saddle stitch. You know, it's one of the mm-hmm. simplest uh, ways to bind a book. It's like most notebooks, handmade notebooks are like this. It's a very, mm-hmm. uh, you make uh, five or three holes and you just uh, put the thread. <clears throat> I also uh, use uh, beeswax to strengthen the thread. Mm-hmm. The thread is uh, uh, what's called a, a, a linen thread. Linen, okay. Because okay. again, it's the idea that you know, if um, this book ends up in a, a compost, I want it to be <laughs> composted. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. uh, no, yes. no waste. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I use the the um, the tape the cloth tape to enhance the back of the okay. book. And it's quite, it's quite simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah it's a, uh, it felt intimidating at the beginning. I felt, I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All these boxes, what do I do? <laughs> yes. uh, but now I'm like, I think book 468 or something like oh, that wow. so wow, uh, it's quite it's quite impressive because at the beginning um at the very very beginning i did an indiegogo and i i i made like a thousand five hundred pounds that was the mm. pre-sales uh, mm. but still it didn't cover the cost and uh, and then people waited patiently like five years for mm. my book <laughs> uh, so that's something i will not do in the future i think i i, I will not mm-hmm. do any uh, crowdfunding but yeah. I will uh, pre-sale the book once mm. you know it's really ready to be printed. Oh, I see. Um, so you would pre-sale it, so then you yeah. for, So you get the funds, so to say mm-hmm. that you can. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, the mm-hmm. the best person to study in terms of like self-publishing or uh, promoting is uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Rob Honstra, okay. uh, the Dutch uh, photographer. He started okay. with uh, using or, or creating something similar to Kickstarter. And okay. now he just sells his books uh, through his website. He's a very, mm. very successful photographer. Okay. And so how could we, and maybe we'll link to that in the show yeah. notes, but how could we um, learn from him or is there, is there some uh, I mean, uh, like, like I say to my students, you just, uh, just study his website and, uh, okay. you know, read articles or uh, okay. watch an interview that he okay. has. Um, you know, because sometimes people are um, quite generous and they share the insights. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I remember, I remember watching one of his interviews that he said that uh, he pre-sold his book um, uh, while working in a pub. You know, the first book, mm. and then the yep. next book sold out within I don't know a couple of uh, days, and then the next oh, book wow. sold out in a couple of uh, hours. I mean, but that's. Oh, wow. <laughs> But he he has done like the Sochi. The um, he did the the uh, the a long term project with a, a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that's great. Well, well, that's that's going to be helpful, and that that'll lead in what I want to talk to you with a little bit towards the end as well about the, some of the tips. But um, no, that's Sorry, great. I, I keep jumping. <laughs> no, no, that, I don't mind at all, and no, no, this feeds in well with what we want to talk about. Not at all. Um, so. 
let's quickly depart from the project for a moment um and and i'd like to get back to it towards the end again um so so i want to talk a little bit about your influences with regards to photography um not law (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Um, and uh yeah maybe you can tell me a little bit about you know what who are some of the photographers you really maybe influenced you or who you or that you enjoy or yeah um, yeah there's um there's a long list but i'm also um i think maybe my my strongest influence is uh, david lynch okay. um and uh, twin peaks um <clears throat> yep. i watched this uh tv series it's like yep. a crime a mystery yep. uh, in 1992 you know i was yep. not supposed you're not supposed to watch it because <laughs> it's horrible it's very scary it's very uh, scary but, uh, i watched it too oh yep. my god it's very yeah. scary <laughs> and uh, but what uh, I, I i was so mesmerized by the colors and by the mm-hmm. music um yep. angelo badalamenti i think so for yep. me music and um movies are very important and then yep. i studied in thessaloniki which has like uh, the film festival, uh, international mm-hmm. film festival, and uh, every November I will watch uh, five movies a day for ten days. So that was like intensive mm-hmm. uh, t- training for my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think my strongest um, inspiration is uh, definitely movies oh, uh, yes, and music, talk, yeah, movies, and yeah. and mm-hmm. also you know painters like um, Edward Hopper, uh, yes. the American yep. painter. I mean, you can yep. see his colors ha- yep. in my in my photos. Um, yep. um, have, have you seen the the the, the Edward Hopper <gasps> exhibit by any chance? I know I have. I don't know where it is, but it's going around globally. No, no, I haven't seen any original. It's, uh, it's just okay. books and uh, the okay. internet. But it's also what's his name? Um, well, uh, the, the reason why I bring this up is because Wim Wenders, the famous yes, German, yes. he did a he recreated the scenes of Edward Hopper's photographs yeah, in a in a 3D movie in the exhibit. So I think it was in. I'm from Basel, Switzerland, so the Bayeuler Museum. You've seen you've famous. seen the original. I've seen it. Yeah, oh. I've seen it, and I've seen the 3D. The 3D movie is very short, but it's super fascinating. Yeah, um, I've, I've only seen it in YouTube. You know, Wim Wenders is another genius. It's like, oh my yeah. God, how, how can people like him exist? Yes. And, and I remember watching the movie and I'm like, where is this exhibition? Oh no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gone. So yeah, if you ever, I don't know where it is right now, but I, I know it's going around the, the world and yeah. it's got to be somewhere. But if you ever have a chance, it's, I'm sure you'll enjoy uh, it's it. So clever. Yeah, two two clever people, artists, yeah. like, <laughs> like collaborating post-mortem after death. Yes, but, exactly. Uh, but uh, cool. uh, then also, you know, in terms of photographers, I guess uh, one of my um, inspirations is Anders Peterson because okay. I had a workshop with him in 2003 okay. and uh, wh- while I was trying to finish low. And actually, um, it was like he woke me up. He was just a... Uh, He's a magic uh, mentor, you know, he's an amazing mm-hmm. photographer. And also I really like his approach to his subjects with great respect. And, um, you know, he, he teaches in a really calm and um, <clears throat> deep way. Yep. So that was an inspiration. And I also like uh, uh, Vanessa Winship. Again, I like her as a human. You know, Vanessa actually wrote the text for the book. Mm. 
I like how she uses, um, especially the project Sweet Nothings that she did mm. in uh, Turkey, uh, where you can see she actually, she almost hypnotized the, the little girls by mm. using a large format camera and mm. taking time and just, uh, yep. it's beautiful. And then it's Antoine de Cata, but again, um, Antoine is maybe a controversial photographer, you know, because he takes photos of uh, brothels and mm. um, quite provocative drug taking. Oh, yeah. and, uh, mm -hmm. But again, is um, in the workshop I had with him, it was his approach to life and his philosophy. And I call him the Nietzsche of uh, photography. Mm. You know, he's mm. quite, um, <laughs> quite a dark yeah. soul, but in a good yeah. way, you know, he has, yeah. he has photography. So that's, mm -hmm. that's why he's still alive, I think. Okay. Uh, uh, any other photographers? Um, one of the books, the early, early books that I I was really shocked, like it's almost like time stopped and I'm like, this is a milestone, is mm. uh, Robert Frank's uh, The Americans. Oh, sure. Yep, yep, I have that too. Um, yeah. Which is a simple book, you know, in terms of yeah. uh, layout and sequencing, mm -hmm. editing. It's, it's a classic mm -hmm. um, book, but uh, I remember looking at the photos and I'm like, this is the American nightmare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is the, the deep truth and he's from switzerland isn't he yes yeah. yep. so um, yep. it's he, quite interesting to have the swiss eyes in america yeah it was uh, very interesting i mean this work was done i think it was in the late 50s right he mm -hmm. was he had a i think he had a scholarship he was really on the road for a long long time and he took many 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 pictures and really condensed them down to this to this yeah, yeah all, really all photos are like a, a deep study of yes. America. It's like, okay, yes. use, use one photo and write a book about yeah. America. Yeah. It's just Absolutely. so deep. And, yeah. and then his next books uh, with, you know, his really sad family story um, about his son and his daughter. Mm -hmm. His next books are so experimental. And he also experimented with uh, film, which is quite mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other photographers? I mean, there are... There are many, but also, as yes. I said, it's painters and Dutch painting is mm -hmm. very in interesting. Um, I actually visit the National Gallery in London or wherever I go, I try to go to a gallery, like, a, mm -hmm. you know, the National Gallery of... I have been to Belvedere in Austria. <clears throat> and uh, I always end up just staring at paintings. And I'm like, how <laughs> did they... How did they study the light so yeah, beautifully? It's like bloody... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah, and I, I, I personally also I love impressionism. Really, mm. the, the, the older I get, the more I, I like it. I, I was maybe not as much. I, I really liked modern art when I was younger. I still do, but I, I think the, the really abstract. But I think the impressionism is really amazing with the light and uh, what yeah. they do with just. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Or the the romantic era, or the mm -hmm. who did the painting of Ophelia? I don't remember the name. Oh, um, yeah, I don't remember either right now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's that's great. Well, yeah. yeah. So you have obviously there, there's a good range of of of, of different influences, but mm -hmm. but including cinematography and, and other things. But but um, yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And, and, and also uh, poetry. You know, it's like yeah. um, okay. it's um, it's very important. Uh, there's a Greek poet, Cavafis, uh, um, who was uh, a gay poet in the 1920s, born in Alexandria. And mm. he reminds me a lot of uh, Fernando uh, Pessoa, who's a Portuguese um, author. So these two are mm. like, 
um, very important. And Cavadias, who was also a sailor, a Greek mm. poet and sailor. I guess poetry for me is, is more like, a, you know, the Greek poets because Greek is my language. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit, it just goes back to my, I don't know, early, early sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks for sharing that. And um, I, another thing that I found interesting, you have a degree in art therapy. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, it's not a degree. It's like a foundation because a foundation. I, I, okay. I, I okay. wanted to okay. do a MA in uh, art therapy, but unfortunately, if you don't have a scholarship in UK, the fees are too expensive. So uh, okay, I, I that abandoned something? that. Oh, okay. So you're not so you're not practicing that. No, no, no. Uh, but oh, it okay. was it's quite, quite an interesting experience because um, I think it was like five months, and we did uh, different forms of art therapy, different sections. Uh, different practices and I also have like um, I personally did art therapy for a year as a you know as a form of therapy as a preferred form of therapy mm. for myself mm. and I learned so many things about me that mm. things you know that uh, that when you can talk you you avoid saying specific words because then you're like oh maybe the therapist may think I'm depressed or <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. there's a quite a weird dynamic between a patient and a, a therapist so mm-hmm. I preferred the art therapy because um, I didn't have to talk. It was the things I created that talked for me. So, um, so yeah. how does that? How does art therapy really work? I'm not personally not familiar with it. But I, so you can uh, use different. So you know you can even have like a dance therapy, theater therapy, uh, like drama therapy. Hmm. Uh, but um, I, you know I go. I, I, you you are given materials depending mm-hmm. on how ready you are to open okay. up or you're given uh, different sizes of paper again mm-hmm. you can start uh, by drawing in a smaller piece of paper with uh, specific materials and then you can um revisit a specific area of the drawing and um work again on it so it's quite uh, it's quite um interesting thing it's not like you don't create art you just open up mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the materials that may be offered to you may be in a brand new box or like used or really. Hmm. Um, and that tells a lot about the self-esteem or, you know, but at that moment when you pick up um, either the new dr- paint or the mm-hmm. old ones, uh, you cannot really, you don't really think. But hmm. then you're like, you realize, oh, actually, you know, my self-esteem is so low that hmm. I picked up the really <laughs> destroyed mm-hmm. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, and there's a MA in art therapy. And actually, you know, when I, when I do workshops, I try to apply some elements of that, like rework on images or, um, Mm -hmm. rework on archival photos or tell, tell a story based on one photo, Mm -hmm. uh, reinvent, reimagine your, uh, family history. Mm. It's quite uh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And yeah, and, and you just mentioned workshop. That was actually going to be my next question. Um, <laughs> so you are doing workshop. Um, one one workshop I saw is called the Dummy Workshop. Um, can you tell me a little bit more what what you mean by by dummy in this context? What yeah, what what that entails? Uh, yes. So dummies. Um, when you make a book, you know, when you are like ready to publish, 
Mm-hmm. That involves lots of money. The final decision is like uh, yep. at least three or four thousand pounds you have to pay to mm-hmm. get it printed. Uh, so before you um, um, sacrifice so much money for a book, yeah. <laughs> uh, book, for a book that maybe no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about if you're a self-publisher, yes. Uh, yes. you need to make dummies. So dummy has the idea of the maquette, like a really silly prototype, uh, really cheaply made, where you just mm-hmm. see the sequence, the the layout, uh, the format of the book, the different papers. So you, mm-hmm. you try to reach the critical decisions by not spending too much. You know, it can be the first dummies can be just photocopies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important, you know, because if you use InDesign, you cannot really see it. So a book is a physical object. So it's yep. good to start seeing it physically and checking it uh, okay. as a dummy. So this works, the, this kind of workshops is like people who already have a project and they want to turn it into a book. Um, they can uh, d- redesign it and then print it. And then we use uh, simple binding uh, techniques that may suit each uh, project. So, for example, um, long stitch or Coptic stitch are um, good if you want your book to fully open, if you Mm. want to have signatures, like different um, pages. Yeah, or like Japanese binding is good if you want to have like one page at a time, like Mm -hmm. a different, you know, uh, not, not as a signature. Uh, so yeah, dummy also means uh, seal, isn't it? And it's for yeah. uh, babies. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's a quite a cheap, a cheap beginning yeah. of your book journey, like a That's really cost-effective uh, yeah. way of trying out ideas. Got it. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks for explaining this. And and that's actually a nice lead-in for the next question. Um, which getting back to to the bookmaking project and maybe talking a little bit more about you know what you would recommend maybe to me and our listeners with regards to how to go about the bookmaking project so we talked a little bit about the dummies but you know and obviously we do need a project we need to have something to say somehow right and then mm-hmm. um but beyond that let's just assume we have that um what what are some of the things that you would share now based on your own self-publishing in this case right self-publishing experience um obviously we as i said we talked about the dummies a, a little bit or the you know creating a, a prototype or how we want to however we want to call that um yeah if you can just share a little bit from your experience that would be great yeah i think the important thing is to that uh, we the the listeners have to actually understand that not every project has to turn into a book, you know, because right. then that becomes a commodity and it's yes. like uh, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. um, we need nice books, you know, books that tell a story or they, they need to be out there. Um, mm-hmm. So what I will advise is to actually, you know, once you have your photos, once you have a rough idea, is to find a graphic designer. I cannot mm-hmm. emphasize enough the importance of mm-hmm. having someone else to actually double check and uh, guide you um, and uh, help you make the final decision. And the final decisions may be a millimeter, you know, to the mm. left or a millimeter mm-hmm. to the right, or it can be something even more critical. You know, it can you can um, um, hire a graphic designer to just design uh, everything. Like, uh, you know, I've seen books that are quite, um, 
you can sometimes you see the designer more than the photographer. I'm not sure I prefer this kind of designers. I prefer the yep. designer to be like a, a zen yeah. uh, power, a zen <laughs> hat next to my hand. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, but you know, it depends what kind of um, book you want to make. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's important to have, you know, as I said, I don't like working in big groups. I don't like a film crew, but um, you need a graphic designer and then you need to, to find a printer that can, you know, listen to your voice and you need to touch lots of papers because it's so many papers around. Um, and look at lots of photo books. You know, there are these festivals, um, photo book fairs. A photo book is experiencing a... Uh, golden era, um, especially after Martin Parr and Jerry Badger published the photo book mm -hmm. history. So yeah. you, know, you can uh, either go to um, uh, like Polycopies or Paris Photo, uh, Voye Off, Le Bal, you know, they're like festivals or uh, Leipzig, I think, a grassy museum. They're, yeah, they're expanding. They're, you know, there are places where you can go and see at uh, lots of books or unseen festival. Um, so at any, any time it's good to see, to, to touch and mm -hmm. see, and see books, or you can go yep. to the photographer's gallery if you're in London, a uh, TP bookshop in uh, Brussels, mm -hmm. actually TP bookshop and, uh, the photographer's gallery are two bookshops that sell my book, uh, mm. physically and people can oh, go great. and, and, uh, um, placard in Paris, they also. Mm -hmm. And it's quite interesting because this, in these bookshops, you can go and find um, books that are not uh, uh, so well known. So it's quite interesting to keep, keep this mm -hmm. demo democratic um, yeah, yeah. vibe. Um, the, the other route, of course, is if, uh, if you go to a portfolio review and you show your work to a publisher and then they are interested, mm -hmm. uh, you can go, you can do the publisher route. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, publishing is a risky business, so they yeah. don't want to risk so much. And usually they ask you to find the money. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes you you do crowdfunding. Um, but then with a publisher, you have the distribution. So mm -hmm. you, you, have, you don't have to worry about distributing your book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which me, as a self-publisher, uh, you know, I'm the favorite client of the, <laughs> the local post office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hello yes. again, it's yes. me. Here it's me again. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. also yeah. you know, I I found um, like photo bookstore, uh, this online uh, website. Hmm. This is a really good resource for people if they want to, you know, if they cannot physically touch, uh, approach books or yeah. find books. Um, photo bookstore has this amazing um, um, is ama this amazing online shop mm -hmm. uh, that. Uh, um, the owner films um, the books, so you can see mm. some photos, um, like the, the the description of the book or the yep. the text, and uh, he also has uh, photos and videos. So it's quite mm -hmm. a good resource to study resource. books. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, and he also he's one of the distributors that supported me a lot. He has bought so many books for me, and Setanta is also a nice. Uh, place to look at books online okay. but for the bookstore you know i think he started in 2008 just uh, mm. he's like a pioneer of like uh, on online uh, selling for the books online okay oh, and, that's great. Uh, i consider him like a important figure in in, in the photo book world like martin mm -hmm. Barr, jerry badger martin amis um okay. yeah 
That's great. And so, so we talked already about the fact that you self-published your book. Is that something you would do again? Would you would you ever yes. consider working <laughs> with a publisher? <laughs> um, uh, the thing is that I like the freedom, and um, mm-hmm. I like my partner Emily. You know, my creative partner. I told mm-hmm. you now we are married. I know you have a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I have a husband, but we are married. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's uh, okay. it's just I find our collaboration so natural. It's just mm-hmm. uh, so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So my next book is about my village draconians. Um, mm. But uh, I want to go back to the village and uh, uh, talk to the people that uh, I want to include in the book. Um, because mm-hmm. it's going to be photos I have taken, poems I have written, uh, like, um, you know, epitaphs, like when someone dies, I write a poem. Yep. And also yep. photos from the family archive. So I need to make the, the last call and say, uh, who else wants their photo, the family photo mm-hmm. in my book? And are you okay if I put this photo in the book? Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a community and I feel like um, it's a bit weird to make a book and then sell it. Um, so one of my plans is to actually donate a percentage of the book to the local school, like a little um, mm. oh, scholarship yeah. for the local kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to make it as transparent as possible because, as I said, in Greece, there's so much corruption, so no one trusts anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I have other books in my head, and I think maybe for my third book, I would like to um, maybe collaborate with a publisher to see that uh, path again. Okay. Uh, but I think I will bind the next book again and uh, just uh, challenge myself. It's a really nice process, especially with during the pandemic, you know, because I self-published mm-hmm. um, 2020. I, it was so nice to actually just listen to podcasts or mm-hmm. songs and just yep. bind. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. quick question on the binding. Um, so, so this binding technique, is, is that a little easier what you're using for traces within? Where, could you could you learn another binding technique too? Would that, or would do you think that would be? Really I know, I know, I know lots of techniques because that's okay. another. I, okay. I, I sometimes I do this uh, like a book binding workshop, okay. uh, not just for photographers, you know, just for any any age, any oh, okay. anything. Okay. So it's like Japanese uh, long stitch Coptic. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm like self taught, but I also did okay. attended some workshops in um, in Latvia. Uh, in uh, London and um, like through YouTube, so I'm quite an uh, yep. independent learner. I'm quite, yeah, that's uh, great. <laughs> you know, uh, very independent. Maybe yeah. that's because I'm, uh, as a farmer, you know, I I know how to grow my own food. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, great. Well, before we wrap up, I have one final question, and that is actually, where can people best find you and your book and your work online? Okay, so you can uh, go to my website, okay. www.evavutaki.com, or uh, okay. follow me on Instagram, eva underscore vutaki. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the, where they can find me. Uh, do you want me to talk about, uh, I think I mentioned Rob Hornstra, so maybe I should mention uh, Yulia Borisova as well. Sure. Uh, uh, she's also uh, like a, a prolific self-publisher. Okay. And um, her books are like, so beautiful they they were one of the like her books inspired me again to be a uh, more experimental 
okay. with uh, photo books. Yeah, that, that's yeah. great, and we'll 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 try to link to all those resources you mentioned uh, and, in the show notes uh, as well, so then people can find it. Yeah, yeah, and another book that uh, uh, you know uh, was a milestone in the history of photo books in the contemporary history is um, Christina Demidel, the Afronauts. So if someone can actually find this book now, it's in the second or third. I don't know. It's a edition. Edition. I think, yeah. I think the first one is sold out, but. She self-published through also a university or something like that, but um, mm. she was the first one who used inserts uh, intensively and tried different color, um, uh, no, different paper um, textures. And mm. it's, it's just a, a simple and beautiful book. That's the, um, uh, the Afronauts. From, okay. Yeah. Great. Christina de Midel. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Well, Eva, Thanks so much again for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. All right, that wraps up our episode with Eva Vutsaki. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope you enjoyed learning from her book publishing experience. And otherwise, I definitely recommend you check out her book, Traces Within. I think it's really unique, really creative and really inspiring. So we'll link to some of the resources we mentioned, as always, in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.